0: Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. It's our anniversary. Happy anniversary, baby. Happy anniversary to you. It's actually Sunday, but we're celebrating on Friday, right?
1: Yeah, I even brought my. You sent me flowers. I brought them.
0: I did. We've so got right a, there. We've got a friend who's a florist and does awesome work. Her yeah. name is Ms. Ina. Ina Fowler. So, Floral it's also
1: um, Halloween.
0: It is time for trick or treats Are you doing? Are you are you participating in trick or treating?
1: I got some. Um, Cat ears? Is that what you're talking about?
0: <laughs> I guess Passing out. we're not we're not we're not usually home to pass out candies.
1: Yeah, we, can. we usually
0: put a bowl out there, and if you want to come, get a piece of candy. Bring your kid up there and let them take it if they dare. <laughs> I may have something planned. So we're going. We're going to some friends. So.
1: Yeah, we got um, a double Halloween weekend booked. We're doing a trunk or treat tonight and a hayride tomorrow night. So. That's right
0: we got football practice tonight and a football game so it's gonna be fun
1: yeah and we're opening a retail shop in about four days it's five days
0: y'all come and get some barbecue rubs and sauces and check out the grills and buy some cast iron so so what are we talking about today shell i opened I didn't do a video this week i've been I've been we've been uh ninety to nothing so we're putting video on hold just for a week or so i got I got some coming back for Thanksgiving but
1: I thought, oh yeah we're Plotting and planning our holiday recipes. We're going to come hard Chili that. dog
0: video did great.
1: That was a great recipe.
0: Yeah, it was simple. It's yeah. like, who doesn't love chili dogs?
1: But, I mean, every element of that recipe was spot on.
0: Yeah. It but, was I mean, very, very good. There was a little bit of the chili sauce left in the fridge this week, and I finished it off just popped in the microwave and ate the chili sauce. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It's a good hearty chili.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it reminded me, like, it got thick in the refrigerator, so it was almost – did you heat it up or did you eat it cold? I popped it in the microwave for like thirty seconds, just yeah. knocked the chill off, and ate it, and just with a fork. I was like, man, this is like eating really good, uh, better than sandwich or better than sloppy Joe because it had a chili flavor instead of that sweet sloppy mm-hmm. Joe like manwich style stuff. I bet it would make a good. So I was, I was good job. on a bun. Yeah. <laughs> so it got me thinking. I was like, man, I need to do a chili burger. When I worked at Sonic back in the day, they used to have different kinds. Of, I mean, I guess I don't know what Sonic has now. I think they just got. They used to have number ones or number twos. Yeah. And they had a Hickory cheeseburger and they had a chili cheeseburger.
1: You're showing your age now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is all old Sonic stuff. We, how'd, I think they introduced the Supersonic burger back then. How They we do had a the, bacon cheeseburger and jalapeno bacon cheeseburger.
1: How'd they do the chili cheeseburger?
0: So it was chili. Which they, which We did not make chili in it's it's Sonic. It, like it came in Cisco or whatever, whoever. The, I think it was Cisco. Back then, I don't know who they get their stuff from now, but it just came in like this frozen tub, and you had to put it in the refri- You took it out of the freezer and let it thaw for so many days in the refrigerator. Then you put it in the steam table, and it like it was like if you think about this giant tub like water, uh, built-in counter crockpot thing, and put water in it, and you put the pans in it. It's like steam table. Yeah, put the chili in that, and it heated it up by the time lunch. We weren't open for breakfast back then. It was just lunch and dinner rush, you know. So it was burger. It was burger patty, Chili went the through the cheese. char broiler. Back then, Sonic actually kind of grilled their burgers because they had a char broiler, and it was like this machine that you'd put the burgers, frozen burgers uh, in, yeah. and it would run through a conveyor belt. It had a flame on top and a flame on bottom, like a broiler. Yeah. And it would go in, they'd run through that, and it'd flip them out the bottom, and then you'd pick that up and slap it on the the make station, wherever we, you know, we buttered the buns and built the burger, and we put that on top, and then we'd. If you ordered the chili cheeseburger, you would get a big old scoop of chili and put over it, and put onions on it, and cheese over the top, and put it in the little sleeve and send it out with the little girl running it on roller skates. <laughs> have you ever? Great run- operation, <laughs> <laughs> except for Tuesdays, which was half price burger night, and it sucked. We would have tickets lined up all over the Dagum Kitchen, and you had to have like. One person's job was to just to feed burgers down the jar. <laughs> I mean, it was like burger, burger, burger.
1: But you, they didn't do special burgers. It was pretty much just. Oh, it was like number burgers. ones and number yeah. twos.
0: And what the difference was, you, you were, I'm guessing, you were a number one person. <laughs> that was a mayo mustard. person. Yeah. yeah, number two was mustard. But they don't do that anymore, I don't think. I think it's like you tell them you want mayo or mustard. That confuses people. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. Simple for dumb folk now.
1: I've noticed that. Like, when I, I, I want it with mayo, they're like. Okay,
0: <laughs> I still tell them I want a number one. And that really blows their mind because none of these kids know what number one is anymore.
1: <laughs> um, so, have you ever eaten a chili cheeseburger?
0: I never ate one, <laughs> but that was what I was thinking with my chili sauce and a good burger. It'd probably make a pretty good burger. Yeah. you know, chili cheeseburger. I need, I'd try I need it. i try it,
1: especially if you did one of your all. Uh, you did one of your cab burgers,
0: mm-hmm, the thick with that put good it in the chili. Press. Yeah.
1: And some like white American cheese or Jack.
0: I'd put yeah, you could put. I was thinking like grade some Jack to where it kind of. So we also did chili pies, and that was like Fritos chili cheese yeah, on top. Yeah. put it in the steamer and it melts it. So you, if you did shredded Jack or cheddar, put it over the top of the burger. Like I might even try to spoon the chili on the burger patty while, before you take it off the grill and put the cheese on it. Let the grill melt. Yeah. It, then get it off and put it on your bun, and. Only thing it might need is some fine that finely diced uh onion and some jalapeno. Yeah. To be good on it.
1: Heck yeah. I like the idea of finely dicing the jalapenos too. Gave
0: yeah, it a nice bite. Yeah, it would equal be like a little onion jalapeno relish that you put on there. Yeah.
1: Did you watch Mark Williams video on his uh sausage and cheese?
0: Though? I hadn't got the one. He told me he did it. I hadn't he's really it. good. He let me try it that he brought it out to what was it? Sunday, I guess I saw it. Yeah. He just cooked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I like Which,
0: that dip. I, when we started talking about it Saturday before he ever, you know, he was wanting to do some kind of cheese dip. And I was like, man, I've never seen anybody do a sausage and cheese kind of plate dip. <laughs> and so that worked out. It, it, it tasted really good. Yeah.
1: I want to um, recreate it.
0: Yeah. I need to try that for sure. Um, So. He chopped up the smoked sausage, I guess. Like, he took. Smoke, smoke sausage, yeah, he, and then chopped it up, diced it up, and then mixed that back in, or topped his hot cream cheese, cheddar, whatever yeah. he put in it. I'm guessing, and yeah. They have a sweet; it had a little sweet element too, like some kind of glaze or something. He used pepper jelly in your vinegar sauce. that so what it was. Yeah, I need it. I need to watch. I'm going to watch that video when we get through. So.
1: Yeah, and then he used um, diced sweet fire pickles and diced uh, jalapenos. Yeah, that's
0: it. That was it was good? Yeah. Ate it with a little toast points.
1: So, um, we put it out there uh, that we were going to do a QA and ask people to submit some questions on f- your Facebook page.
0: That's right. So, I've got do you know? So,
1: you put 11 th- pages
0: of questions. Of questions. This this is, m- are we getting through all of them today? Or are we going to tackle these it. like over the course of the next? End of the year, yeah, yeah. This this will be a good. I think I've always thought the Q and A is a good segment to have every week. Oh yeah, podcast because that's a lot of what I do is answer questions mm-hmm. about stuff. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's I a lot to learn. There is. Yeah,
0: I mean, you you say you're still learning. I still learn something new every day.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, one, I just learned I need some locks on this podcast. <laughs> It's nothing to do with cooking, but I need a lock on these doors so somebody can't just bust up in here. We're trying to get our record on. Oh,
1: question number one. Let's hear them. <laughs> okay. Um. So somebody wanted you to uh, Trent Baskin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's related to Carol, but <laughs> it
0: would be really cool if he was. <laughs> he into tigers.
1: He wants you to talk about um, soaking wood
0: soaking wood i i'm not a fan of it the only time that i soak wood now not the only time i soak wood now is if i'm using some wood chips and i'm going to throw them on something to give it a little just blast of flavor to keep them from burning up but um when i first started barbecuing everybody had a five gallon bucket and we put our wood in there and we got it waterlogged and i remember you used to always take a big yeah. 5 gallon bucket of wood. We we're always putting this wet wood on our coals and it would steam and smoke and look like you were really doing something, man. You'd, you know, you'd have it smoked out. But all you're doing is slowing down the process. You you're not gaining anything from adding moisture back to the wood. You want to you want to actually smoke with the wood with the um, you know, more the moisture's been dried out of it for the most part. Now for flavor, you can get by with a little bit of green wood, but a little goes a long way. The more moisture that's in the wood, the less smoke flavor you're gonna have, the more impurities you're gonna have in it and the bitter smoke you're gonna, you're gonna taste. So I like to have my wood if it's you know just for flavor wood in the 20, 25 percent moisture content, if it's for uh, like I'm using wood for BTOs, BT, BTUs in my, in my stick burner where I really want heat and I'm not so much worried about smoke flavor. I want you know fifteen percent, fifteen to eighteen percent moisture even content, less, even yeah. less. So really, you and don't do want to you know soak. That
1: percentage? It.
0: Um, well, they sell moisture meters, and it's it's just like a little handheld device, and you stick it up to the wood, and it can tell, it can sense how much moisture is in that wood. You actually gave me one for Christmas last year. I did. And if you're using stick burners, it really comes in handy because you want to you want you want to know that you're getting that dried wood. Now a lot of the a lot of the wood that you buy, like stores if you go to big box stores or you know Walmart Home Depot somewhere like that you're buying different brands of wood most of it's been kiln dried so it's been super low moisture content um, it's great for BTUs it gives you some flavor but um, you know it, it's it's super dry so it's gonna burn up faster yeah so you know if you have a source for wood it's great you know if you can get it you want it to season out for six to nine months or something like that that's perfect to me If I'm you know if I get some wild cherry from around here if i get some hickory or or pecan from the you know from our property stack it up i want it to set about nine months so the moisture gets out of it then it's ready to go for good flavor
1: so greenwood has a lot
0: of yeah greenwood has a lot of moisture and it's going to give you more bitter smoke so you use it sparingly you can use it but um don't soak your wood that's my don't do that
1: it's not necessary not necessary and it's ineffective
0: you're actually messing it up doing that yeah
1: um, okay, so this is a really good question. I thought um, when you're catering or doing like a dinner or, or feeding people, sure. um, what's your approach to serving everything from brisket to mac and cheese to keep the highest level of quality, you know, possible? Um, they they want to they just want some tips on how to serve the highest quality food without sacrificing um, quality. Well, serve good hot food without sacrificing yeah. No, quality. I see
0: where they're going with it yeah so anytime that you pre something pre-cook something you have to reheat it, it's not going to be as good, especially yes. barbecue. Yes So the closer that you can put something on and time it to being done at your event and have a whole time with it, the better off you are better quality it's going to be Now also keeping keeping the meat in as whole piece as possible is going to be fresher. So ultimately if I, if, if I'm catering something and I want it to be the absolute best, Best quality uh brisket, pulled pork, ribs, whatever, I'm timing it to where when it comes off the smoker, I've got a little bit of a rest and I'm taking it to the event, covered in a pan, in a cambro so it stays warm, and then I'm breaking or a cooler. it. Yeah, or a cooler, a dry camera. cooler. But then I'm then I'm breaking it down on site. Now if you set up a lot of people don't do that, they want to set up like a buffet line and let people serve themselves. So you've got to have all your pulled pork pulled. You've got to slice your brisket, and you got to have your ribs cut. Well, you got to give yourself time in an event to do that, because if you do that and travel with it, it's always drying out. The absolute best way is to have carving stations at the event, so you can have one person. Their job is to ask some, or You know, they're coming through the line getting brisket. They're actually slicing brisket and putting it on somebody's plate for them. Um, you're gonna. That's
1: you're- probably unlikely in most. Scenario. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've, I've been to several events where they do that. Yeah, I like it. it but your average
1: person is not going to have a carver.
0: Well, it, they can do it themselves. Yeah. Or that was what I was just getting to. Yeah. I was like, you're going to have an expense because you're going to have to hire somebody that knows how to do that. But also carving on site or proportioning on site per person allows you to save foods, food costs too. It
1: does. Because
0: you're not worried about somebody grabbing too much. You're portion controlling right there. And so a lot of people do that for a reason. Like when, yeah. I, when I worked at the corporate world and we had people come in and cater like from these bigger barbecue restaurants, they always sent somebody. So you knew you were only getting a slice of brisket you're getting or a, the, the a, portion, portion yeah, a portion of pulled pork and they might shred it right there, but they're only giving you an appropriate amount because that's all they're paying for. It's how they're saving food costs. So. Um,
1: the one thing I will say to kind of add to that is the two things that are the most important when you're doing something like that is to set a timeline. Um, you know, you gotta have the food ready at six o'clock. You've got to yep. work back from that. Um, and the second thing is prep. Prep, 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 prep. Yep. You can start prepping on three, four days before, you know, in some in some cases. Uh anytime you're doing a casserole, make it the next make it the day before. Make your macaroni and cheese casserole the day before, put it in the refrigerator.
0: That stuff does refrigerate well and yeah. makes it easier. And
1: then you can pop it in the oven, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And go, But one thing um, I will say about that, though, and you've run into this, when you're cooking mac and cheese or some kind of casserole or something for a large group and you've had it pre-made and you're you're bringing it out of the refrigerator to the oven, your time is going to change other than, because a lot of people say, oh, I got this mac and cheese recipe. I can throw this together, put it in a pan, throw it in the oven, and It's it's ready in 35, 40 minutes in the oven. Yeah. Well, it's not cold. You've had that in the refrigerator for over 24 hours. You've got to...
1: You gotta count that. So it
0: and that's happened to us before, not like an event. That's how we know. Yeah, that's how we that's how we (laughs) learn. It's like dang, it won't get warm. Um, yeah,
1: give yourself double the time. You know, if it always put
0: extra time in. That's the big thing. Being rushed on a catering job or whatever kind of event you're cooking is the worst thing that can happen. So whatever time you think it's going to take, add to it. Because I'd rather be sitting finding something to clean or. Doing something you know something else that I had, just you know, rushing the whole time, worried about getting something out.
1: Yeah, but you got to have a good plan. Yeah. Um, the good thing about serving barbecue is, a lot of times, especially the big cuts, pulled pork, brisket, stuff like that, the hold makes it even better. So you have that working yeah. to your advantage. Yeah,
0: as long as you keep it in a whole form, too. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where I've served pulled pork already pulled up, and we've had to reheat it. It's it's okay. I mean, it's good, but is it the best? No, it's always the best off the grill, rested a little bit, whole form, pulled right before, and then serve it.
1: I will say, if you're going to serve pulled pork, and you've got to pull it and then take it somewhere and serve it, pull it and pull it hot, put it in a Ziploc bag or some type of bag, and store it, you know, in a cooler or Cambro. Storing it in the bag helps keep the moisture in. Yeah, it versus it. just a pan with foil.
0: That's right. If you, if you if pan with foil is your only option, I highly suggest a clear cling wrap over the pan mm-hmm. and then foil over the top. It'll at least help some. Um, that's the way we've done it in restaurants. Yeah. We always had to uh, cling wrap everything, label it, masking tape, and you know you had to put time and date on it, know when to throw it out because when you're holding stuff, I mean. The, First off, if you haven't went and took like a food safety class and got certified, you need to do that if you're gonna be serving people. Yeah, we're, but your average—I'm mainly talking we're... like gorilla style catering here, It's like <laughs> underground, yeah. like completely. I didn't tell you to do it, but this is how I've done it.
1: Yeah, this is—I'm thinking this is mostly people serving. You're talking dinner about people parties. That don't have a
0: business that are just doing something. Yeah,
1: you're—you're yeah. You know, you're always catering like a sweet sixteen or something for your
0: buddy. <laughs> This isn't like somebody paid you to cook for 200 Yeah. Well. It could be. I've been there and done that. <laughs> Learned
1: I do not want to do it anymore. <laughs> um, I had a lot of comments. People wanting the hot sauce in larger, and like gallons or half gallons.
0: Who buys that much hot sauce? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good stuff,
0: man. It's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know I mean. like man. Like I've got is the little bottles, but I like the little bottles. I make toothpick holders out of them. Maybe people don't use toothpicks anymore.
1: So one thing that um, people, this was a, I thought this was a good question. Explain the hold. What is the hold? We always say, let uh, it hold. You can hold it. Help. What is the hold? What does it do? And how long do you hold it for each meat?
0: So holding, when I say hold, it's mean, it really means resting or letting, letting the meat sit and calm down after it comes off the pit. And you see a lot of people talk about it with, with steaks. Or um, that's that's probably the biggest place you see somebody talk about, oh, you got to let that steak rest before you yeah, cut it. Yeah. Well, it really applies to bigger meats as well. It, any meat is better once you stop it. Because so what what's happening, as we're cooking food or you know grilling meat, smoking, whatever you're doing, you're taking the moisture out of it, and it's starting from the center and pushing this moisture out. So all the moisture leaves the meat. You know, it's cooking it away. It's getting the meat done. And once you take it off the grill, it, it's your desired doneness – uh, if you cut it right then, you think you pushed all that moisture. It's trying to escape that cut of meat, and it's going out. It's going to leave it. So if you start breaking it down, you're going to lose all that moisture that's in it. But if you rest or hold, it lets that meat stop. It's you know it's being hammered with all this heat trying to to cook that moisture out of it. Mm-hmm. when we stop it, we, it gives it time to start coming back down to a normal temp. You know you don't want it to go all the way yeah. cool, but it's soaking. The, the moisture that's pushed to the outside is reabsorbing back to the inside. The meat's kind of calming down. It's not freaked out anymore because yeah, you're trying to Yeah, yeah. It. that's <laughs> a good way you're meat it. it yeah. yeah, and so that's what the rest or the whole does. And and oftentimes, it makes it better. Now, the most people breast everything? Uh, I would say no, probably, because most people, they've cooked something, they want to eat it. Yeah, you know, You're serving it to somebody. You want to eat it yourself. You're cooking dinner. The you're not putting, ready? yeah. You're not putting rest times and <laughs> things. But I learned from the competition side of things that our product was better after we rested it. And a lot of this happened because we were, you know, cooking it and we were building the blind box, turning it in. The judges were judging it. Scores were okay sometimes. But then when we got the meat home, because we always had leftovers, we would take it home and we'd taste it after it's been in the hot, co- you know, the cooler, like a holding box, until a couple hours. And we taste it out of the bag. Hey, man, how could we not score good today? And we taste it and be oh, man, this is so good. And, you know, it's juicy. It's got all this flavor. And it's because that meat that held had that time to rest mm-hmm. and calm down. And so we started working that in to our cooks and contests, and it made it even better. Ribs, I mean, different ta- different meats, if you think about it by su- the thickness or the size of them is really what determines the hold time for me. A big old brisket or a big old pork shoulder butt can hold a lot longer than – a slab of ribs or a little piece of chicken. So think of it like that, like a steak. Something like a steak. It's kind of you know, half inch to an inch thick, something like I that. I hate letting
1: a steak rest. It
0: can rest five to seven minutes. That's that's a good rest time yeah. for a steak. Piece of chicken, you know, you could rest chicken ten, fifteen minutes, would be okay. If you go over thirty, it's going to start cooling off too much. Smaller mm-hmm. it is, faster it's going to cool off. Ribs will hold for about an hour usually, but anything over a rib, it kind of loses its hold time. I mean, hold power. So I, I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Thinner, smaller than meat, Less time I have to hold it. Depends on how hungry I am. If I'm even going to hold <laughs> That's
1: it, why I hate resting steak.
0: <laughs> but br- brisket and, and butts, they hold, they hold great. Yeah, they really do. And I and I and I suggest trying that next time you cook barbecue. Take a take a pork butt off the grill. Pull the bone out. Pull it out right there. Get one, stick it in a cooler, and then try the one you just pulled up. And then wait a couple hours and try that one and see if it's not juicier and the flavor is more distributed and it just tastes better.
1: Yeah. Um. A lot of people ask, "Well, how do you reheat it after the hold?" Well, you don't have to. It stays hot if you put well, it in a in the right so we're, cooler.
0: Yeah, we're talking about we're cooler. not holding it to where it drops below one forty ever. Internal so meat at one forty is pretty dead gum hot, and so you know we're really what what you can expect. It's so like with from just a brisket or a butt, for example, mm-hmm. you've taken them up to two hundred degrees, and when you stick take them off the grill, you vent the steam off if you've got it wrapped or not. You put it in a pan. You stick it in a holding box, it's going to drop down fast to about 190, 185, and then it's going to take some hours for it to go to 185 to
1: 140.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to hang out in the 160s for what seems like forever. I mean, I've watched I've, I've, you I know, kind of did a little experiment with and it. It'll be 8, 10, sometimes 12 hours before it really gets down to the threshold where it needs to be consumed or frozen, yeah. refrigerated. So. And the
1: less space you have in your cooler...
0: The better your holding yeah, box, yeah. the
1: better you are.
0: That's right. That's, and that's why you'll see people recommend, like if you got a cooler, you're fixing a stick of butter, brisket in, put some old moving blankets or some insulation. They're just wanting you to take up some of the space in yeah. there so it's not cooling the air so much. So I've found, and you'll see me use them all the time, they're called little party stacker. I think Igloo makes them or somebody. I think so, yeah. You find them at Walmart or on Amazon's Amazon. got them. But it's like a little... Cooler that's meant for twenty four cokes or cans of soft drink or whatever beer or beer, yeah, and they're perfect <laughs> for throwing ribs in for, you know, throwing a butt in or brisket or something like that, and they're small enough and they're they do just good enough a job to where it rests something without letting it cool too fast, it's like you know, not sitting down on the counter.
1: And one thing you've learned is, um, you swear the reason the briskets are so good at like a Franklin's or a Little Miss Barbecue or something like that is because they're putting them in proofing ovens right yeah
0: they're they're controlled holding and i guarantee you yeah. i mean i really do think they're that's getting why they're to so hold good.
1: them extra long
0: yep but and they do that not by i don't think they did it by thinking it was going to be better quality i think they did it because we got it it's the only we only yeah. got this cooker to smoke on we've got to put our briskets on and they got to be done here because we got to get ribs and turkey or chicken on and so they had to be off and they were first forced to hold and the only way to hold them in a restaurant setting was have a Proofing our holding cabinet, mm-hmm. you know? and so that's how it went out, and after it sat there that long. I guarantee you if you cut their brisket as soon as come off the pit, it's not as good as what they're serving at lunch. Yeah,
1: I would put yeah, money on that. I'd put money on it. Um, okay, this is a great question. What's the best advice for cook, cooking a meat or something that you've never cooked before? Something you're not comfortable with, something you haven't done, maybe something exotic, even?
0: Um, the best advice…
1: Or just something you've never cooked before.
0: Go watch some videos on it. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh so That's a good one tip. one you need to know if I'm cooking, I'm I'm cooking by internal temperature. So my control is the temp I'm cooking at and my other control is the temp I'm going to internally. So the best advice is to have a good meat thermometer and to use that so you're you're gonna know like, oh, is this gonna finish if I'm cooking a big roast and it's gotta be, you know, falling apart tender, it's gotta be up to two hundred. Or if I'm cooking
1: yeah, uh, the yeah, loin
0: of something, and I know that I want to eat it on the medium to meet you know side or whatever. I've got I've got these temperatures.
1: The loin of some, the loin of some creature,
0: <laughs> the loin of some beast. Mm,
1: Love beast, beast loin.
0: loin. <laughs> beast loin is good.
1: So, and you need to know your times and.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to know the time, but you always know you temperature. Time, you know, time. That's one thing. It's, it's like. Everybody would say, what's the time and temp? I don't care about the time. The time is irregardless. Don't worry about the time.
1: You Temperature.
0: Have
1: a time frame. You need to know if it's going to take.
0: you Two days or six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it depends. That's, I mean, it depends. Yeah. It always depends on what you're cooking, what temp you're cooking at. There's a lot of relevance going to time. But internal temperature is always the same. You're yeah. going to climb at a constant rate and you're going towards a target goal. That's the one that ain't moving. You know, it ain't. It's not gonna say, well, cook it at cook it to one eighty this time, cook it to two hundred the next time. You're never gonna say that. It's always gonna be a set end goal time. So if you learn to cook your stuff to that, it's it's so much easier.
1: Okay. This one is would you increase the temp if you're maximizing the capacity of your smoker?
0: The that's a tough one because You could. You could, but you're going to create hot spots in there where certain stuff's going to cook hotter. The from my experience, what I've seen,
1: yeah.
0: I'd like to increase. I just, I like to. Well, I just went on this rant about don't cook by time. I like <laughs> to increase the time. I know it's going to take. If I've got my cooker maxed out,
1: you have to. I'm going to cook, for time.
0: I'm going to cook. It's going to take me longer. Yeah. That goes into your plan, and you know something's going to take. Ribs are going to be roughly a six-hour rib cook. That's what I'm saying. Butts, roughly a 12-hour cook. Yes. including And
1: you always tomato. like to add a little cushion in there. Yeah. And so and if, if I know I'm cooking,
0: and going back to that one, if I know I'm cooking a full load of butts on my old hickory CTO, that that four or five butts I can cook in eight to ten hours, but that full load is going to take me 12 to 14. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, it increases that. Now, am I going to dial yeah. my temp up? No, I'm not. Because, I I, I mean, I don't think – when I when I increase that temp, I'm putting different hot spots to make stuff cook differently on there. So yeah, because, I do not do that
1: because if you are at capacity, you're almost shielding. Yeah. you know the inter- the meats that are inside. Do That's you right. um, rotate at I, that point?
0: You have to. Yeah, you have to move stuff. If you don't have a cooker that does it for you, you have to move stuff around. Things are going to get done at different times. They're going to get darker, just because of the way the air is flowing through that cooker. I mean, it's not. A, it's never a great idea to f- cook at full max capacity. But sometimes you have to. You ain't got a choice. We did last know? week. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I've had to do it a bunch. And it's not my ideal thing to do. I like to cook at half capacity, where I've got good airflow yeah, always. Yeah. Stuff spaced out. I feel like the product is so much better. And you can get it done at full capacity. It's just you know, it's not the you don't want to do it all the time.
1: Um, this person said they want you bring Mark back on.
0: <laughs> he's he's, here. he's in the building that was
1: one of our best podcasts i was thought it? yeah i thought it was one of our best huh. ones um injection tips for beginner k c b s
0: um well i guess do,
1: okay do you inject do you inject k c b s yes yes always. always everything
0: chicken pork and brisket yep i don't inject ribs
1: some people i have heard but, but i but.
0: inject um I like to use the little handheld siphon injector. There's all kinds of injectors out there, but I just, one that works. I mean, I've run into some problems with some of them, malfunction and stuff, but typically that's because they're getting clogged. Um, what I found, if you'll strain your injections, you won't clog up an injector. For chicken, I like to use just a small handheld one that mm-hmm. I can control how much I'm putting in it because I'm not putting much. I'm a fan of the butcher's injections. That David over at Butcher Barbecue has got some really good ones. Uh, I love his uh, chicken bird the bur- the bur- booster honey. Uh, I think that's great in chicken thighs. It gives it a good flavor. It's got a good chicken base to it.
1: Yep,
0: um, All of his have a good whatever you're cooking base to it. That's what it tastes like. So his pork has some pork base in it. His beef has some beef in it. And that's why I like them. I mean, As far as the tips on how to do it, I mix them, dug them package directions on those <laughs> like for a contest. I mean it works. It yeah. flat works. And you can do all kinds of stuff. You can make your own recipes and everything. Yeah. But I found that those package directions work. They've got I shake them up, and, um, I strain them, and I shoot them and it never gives me a problem. Doesn't clog my injectors. I don't have any issues with it. Um I think of them just like you see a lot of people say I think of the meat as kind of a checkerboard pattern and I'm trying to hit the center of every little square on that meat. So that gives you about a 1 inch spacing. Um I shoot I try to just do one shot down, and if I move my needle around, I don't come out. I just kind of pull it out and stay in the meat and go back and channel it around. Uh, everything I shoot straight down. I don't come at the side angle or try to hit the grain or all that. I found that's where I get staining when I do that. So I like to just shoot from twelve. Think of the clock going in at twelve, yeah. and then you know, if I have to move around, I can move around a little in a butt. But most of the time, it's just straight shots, and um, it's about. I would say I try to put a cut eight to twelve ounces in a butt, and then a brisket usually gets about sixteen ounces of injection. A big brisket. Yeah, a big you're brisket. cooking
1: what 16, 18?
0: Yeah, but they're trimmed down, so they're probably trimmed down to 12, 12, 13, 14, yeah, yeah, something like
1: that. Um, I'll add to that. And then
0: clean your injector. Keep it really clean. Uh, the way I clean immediately. it, immediately. I run hot. I run hot water and hot as I can get it. I may put a squirt of soap in there. I. will Run a whole thing through it. Then I'll come back with some clear water, run that through it. And then I may put just a splash of bleach, just a, not even a quarter of a cap. Just I a,
1: don't like the bleach. I like the vinegar. Yeah. Well, vinegar works to work too. It, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I'll yeah. run that through it. And, that, and so as all that cycles through, I just put straighten the hose out to where it can dry. And it's never molds on me. It's always clean. Yeah. You can use peroxide. You can if put a little that, peroxide in there if and
1: you ju- let that, channel it all through. If you let that injector sit, it's
0: going to be problems. It. Yeah.
1: Even if you let it sit like, till you get home oh, yeah. the next day.
0: Yeah, never let it sit dirty. Um, Always clean and then use it. Because if you, I have had them where if you don't use them for two or three months, man, they're going to lock up. Yeah, you know, just do. I don't know. They, why. I think it's the
1: lubrication yeah, inside there.
0: So.
1: Um, I'll add to that. Don't yeah. overthink the injection.
0: Don't overthink the injection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Keep it simple. I'm cooking at home, I don't inject. Yeah, but I'm talking about the actual. Yeah. When you get into competition,
0: there's you need a, that bomb.
1: You need to keep it simple. Yeah. Don't overdo it. Don't overlayer your flavors and stuff. Yeah. Um, what's a good mid-level stick burner?
0: Mid-level. What do you consider mid-level? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There I'm, are no
1: mid-level stick burners, yeah, are there?
0: I mean, yeah, there's some cheaper ones, but I mean, do are they, they worth it? I don't know if I'd spend my money on. Them. Yeah. I mean, Meadow Creek's got some entry-level ones, I would guess, but you're still going to spend a grand, you know, for
1: just for anything a model, yeah. What's the cheapest stick burner that you would put your money on? You don't have to give me a name.
0: I can't even think of I mean
1: like what what's your price? Um You're talking twelve hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, I would say minimum. I'm, yeah. I'd try to be a thousand to twelve hundred probably you might could get one.
1: Uh, how much does how much did Lane cost?
0: She's like nah, all right at ten. Said oh, done. Gosh. But yeah, there's outlaws. Was she the it? outlaws that I've been cooking on are, are <laughs> I mean they're not they're not mid-level, but they're they the patio four model is about to four five. Yeah, our model is about four. Yeah, but it's a hell of a cooker. It's not entry-level or anything. Yeah. it's a serious. If you're if you really want to stick by and it's going to work. You're going to be in that price range. Yeah, something you know. that will last you for yeah, a long, it's long time. Last. I mean, um, you can go get one in Academy. I don't know. I don't remember what brand they are. I've looked at some of them up there. They've got some decent steel ones. Think- Oklahoma Joe used to make some that were decent. Start. You know,
1: Yoder has some. Oh, uh, Yoder
0: has some. Yeah. I mean, it, I would just. A quality American built one's what I'd be looking for. I mean,
1: um, Greg Grimpy writes in and asks, "When are you going to have Greg Grimpy on as a guest?"
0: Uh, well, Greg's welcome. The fire, Greg. Is, he's more than welcome <laughs> when he gets ready to travel to come on down here. I'm circling that one. We got to yeah, get Greg. Got to get Greg down here. I got to give him plane ticket.
1: We, you go on his show monthly.
0: Monthly, yeah. And
1: I was supposed to go on one
0: last time, but we had ball. Yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't feel like putting on makeup that day. We
0: got Tuesday <laughs> night. I got to go on there this Tuesday. I guess it's election night. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I guess we're still doing it. I haven't heard any different. Yeah. It's the first Tuesday of the month.
1: Um, Are you going to talk politics?
0: I don't talk politics.
1: <laughs> just depresses.
0: It just depresses me. Yeah. I try not to think about it. Um, Who's gonna tax us the least? That's usually the way I like. <laughs> I don't um, like being taxed or told what to do.
1: Jason Witten says, When's your restaurant gonna open? Is
0: he the tight end for the uniform <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> Jason Witten wants to know.
0: Uh you know, if I don't I never planned to open a restaurant. But but Why not? But I am uh possibly possibly gonna have some barbecue available to order. Here. Mail order. Yeah, mail order style. Got a thing working. I don't know how it's going to go. You've seen this gold belly stuff. It's kind of something. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: why would you never open a restaurant?
0: Because it's too much like work. <laughs> I like to be able to have fun, hang out, and talk on this microphone, and cook stuff for videos and go hunting and fishing. I don't even know how this retail thing is going to work. I don't know how much you're going to depend on me to be here. <laughs> if I'm tied, I feel like you're tied to a restaurant. When you, like, you start a restaurant, you've got to be serious. I mean, the, the, the whole act of I feel like you know we're super serious, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm serious. But I mean, I'm talking about you. You. Oh no, you did it. You're to have a, a successful restaurant. restaurant you're probably years. putting in minimum of eighty hours a week, probably a hundred and twenty. You're juggling all the staff, everything that goes into it. Food costs are low. Um, you know, you got to depend on people to come to you. It's a. It, I I've, I've been you know, when I first started working, it was in fast food restaurants and pizza joint and a Cracker Barrel. I've seen what the restaurant life is like. Yes. And when you're young, it's fun. I mean, that was fun to yeah. me. I, mean, I learned a lot, <laughs> but it's not something I want to do forever. Uh-uh. It's not like I say, oh, I want to own one of these one day and it's put up like- with all these headaches. I know what those headaches were because I caused a lot of those headaches. <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to take the Pizza Hut and shut down after hours and have uh, wwf royal rumbles in there i mean can you imagine going into a restaurant and all your employees biting their friends over them having these stage fights after <laughs> that's hours. kind of stuff that goes on in restaurants yeah we would we would shut down the sonic parking lot after hours block it off and we'd have live boxing out back i mean it was just i don't know if you can get away with all that nowadays no that i don't probably think you can worse though
1: um Caleb wants to know, have you given Miss Jolene the whiz lately?
0: I, no, I have not. She's been neglected. She's probably hating me. <laughs> She's sitting in the garage. I I changed the light bulbs in there, so it's it's not it's not all dark. <laughs> but the bad thing, and I need to take a picture Last of this. Last time I walked out there. Shell has a cat. His name is Mr. Smokey. And he thinks Jolene is like his pride rock. <laughs> and it makes me so mad. I go in there and I see this big giant tom cat. Laid up on my pit, just laid out, like you know, he's king of his domain. You
1: walk in there, he's like, What's up?
0: Yeah, what are you looking at? That's what I feel like. <laughs> like, look at this. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, Smokey is a great cat. Oh, he's a great cat. He's a murder, murder one. He would kill anything and leave it for you to look at.
1: <laughs> Those are gifts.
0: Yeah, he brings them to us every morning. There's moles and all kinds of stuff, lizards. I saw him torturing one the other day. He was he oh was, really? Yeah, he just had it caught between them. it was like a little lizard, and he had it caught. And I walked out there and he just looked at me crazy. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Because he looked, like, you know, how you look at something, you know, he's up to something. Yeah. But it had his paws together, and I couldn't see anything. And about that time, he moved one, and a little tail come out and started wiggling. He got away, and man, he was shot after it. I was like, God, the cat's having a time of his life out here. <laughs> he's probably he gonna, probably gonna puking up fur balls on my grill
1: full or butcher paper for brisket i've done both and think i get a better result
0: with paper it depends if you if it's bark you're talking about and a better bark a texas style brisket which i love paper is the way to go if i'm cooking it um you know for absolute moisture and flavor not worried about the bark Folds the way to go. It holds it in better. You're going to make more more azu, more drippings with the foil because the paper don't hold any drippings back. And um, I can always get a little bit of that look back on the back end by glazing it. And for contest, we do. We, we can reseason and reglaze, put it back on the pit at the end, get all that back. But that's not the brisket that I want to eat at home all the time. Yeah, I like that Texas bar. I like
1: that. I'm a. i am I like the Texas salt Your pepper paper. Yeah. paper
0: so good. Yeah, so that's
1: good. my personal choice. When do you choose briquettes over lumps and vice versa?
0: Um, long, low, and slow cook, cooks. I usually burn briquettes and because a uh, lump coal gives you a hotter fire, and it burns up faster. So if I'm grilling um, or cooking uh, in a pit to where I can actually put the pit out and reuse it, if I know it's going to be a short cook, I'll use lump. So I use lump. If I'm grilling in my in egg, yeah. if I'm cooking in my egg, I'll use lump a lot because I can shut that egg down, and that cold goes out, and I can restart it. You know, I can shake the ash off and restart it. You can't do that with briquettes. Why not? Once you get briquette lit and hot, um, it just wants to go to dust yeah. after you put it out. I mean, you just I've never had really good success with shaking the ash off some briquettes and relighting them. Um, lump does a lot. I've gotten three or four cooks out of lumps on it, like a good load of, of lump in my egg. Uh, when I cook on my drum cookers, I usually um, – I'll go – I'll burn lump sometimes, but I'll burn briquettes sometimes too. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling on that. But they do the same thing. I can shut a, I can shut a drum down the same way I can shut the egg down, Cut the, which that means yeah. cut the oxygen off. It puts the fire out, and so I can reuse that coal, that lump coal.
1: That kick ash basket works really well for
0: that. It, it does, and the egg. I can take that basket and shake it and then put a yeah. few tumbleweeds in it and right back to it. But if you're I, the way, the best way to think about it is if you're grilling something hot and fast and quick, use lump. If you're going, you know, for longer cooks, use coal. But they're interchangeable any time too.
1: So. Yeah, you can get the yeah, same results you can. regardless. You can. Yeah. Um, I have uh, Michael Cleary asked. I have a WSM and it has an open portion, so it is hard to keep the temps. Any suggestions? Uh, plug that hole. Plug that hole. <laughs> get creative with the <laughs> aluminum
0: foil. Uh, you know, use you got to be about a half. Yeah, you can. I've had a piece of magnet I put over mine before. You got to fabricate some stuff. Aluminum foil works great. Yeah, it's all. It's like the barbecue man's JB Weld.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, okay, this is a really good question. I want you to answer this one. John Daniels asked, "Do you think you get the same smoke flavor from your old hickory as you do from Jolene?" Uh, the funny thing is, you don't get the. The as much smoke, smoke flavor
0: as you think from a stick burner. Yeah. yeah. It's more about clean smoke. So I would say they're very, very comparable um, smoke flavor wise. I can get just as much smoke flavor or more smoke flavor probably on my old hickory. But I've but I've never um the, when I want to get extra smoke flavor from my stick burner, I will instead of putting the wood directly on the fire, I'll have my fire going to give me my BTUs. But then I'll put a piece of wood kind of over to the side by itself to where it's just on a little bit of the coal, where it's never enough to really get it sparked up. It's just enough to get it smoking and giving me some smoke. So stick burners burn a lot cleaner than you think when mm-hmm. they're operating right and you got your fire running right. So it's not, I mean, it does have good smoke flavor. But um, what the old hickory does, they're tit for tat when it comes to product. I would say so. But you have to be careful on the old hickory because it has the convection fan in it. That's what drives the heat around. That's why the, the, the design of it works. Yeah. So you can dry out food more in the old hickory versus the stick burner because the stick burner, it seems like the texture of product, I think that's what's getting me a lot of times, uh, stick burner product texture is awesome It's not because it doesn't have that, it's almost like a dehydrating effect. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with my old hickory. I mean, I, you get around it on the old hickory because you can baste it a little more often.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, you know. Wrap a little sooner or whatever. Or cook but, on a lower or shelf. Or cook at a lower shelf. Yeah. But it, you just have to know that a pit like that is moving a lot of air. So it can dry out stuff faster. You need to baste a little more often or spritz.
1: But if you want the smoke flavor, drums.
0: Drum is the way to go. Now, if you'd asked me that, which one gets more smoke flavor? That'd have been easy. Drums, hands down. You're not going to beat the smoke flavor on a drum.
1: Uh, Kevin asked Have you ever been asked a question about barbecue and been completely caught off guard?
0: Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there's, and I tell people all the time, I may not know the answer, but I will go find somebody that does. I know yeah. a lot of people in barbecue, so I can't think of a, You know, instance, you know. Usually the questions that caught you,
1: catch you off guard aren't about barbecue. Yeah, usually they <laughs> aren't about barbecue.
0: And I definitely don't know everything there is to know, but I know people that probably know <laughs> if I can't answer it. Yeah.
1: Um, what's your favorite What's your best or favorite cooking story?
0: Oh man, that's too hard. I man. know. I
1: can't think of like
0: best or favorite. There's so many. Yeah, there's way too many. I I've got I've got volumes. <laughs> of cooking stories. Anything pop
1: uh, to your mind? We're gonna revisit that. Yeah, one.
0: the one of the best ones, and I probably told this one on here before. I'm sure, cousin Bob. The brisket. That was we were so we were cooking over in Marion, Arkansas. And my cousin's from Arkansas. We call him Arkansas Bob. That's how he's known. But I guess he lives in Mississippi now, so he's no longer yeah. Arkansas Bob, but but he um He's about had,
1: six six looks yeah, like he Football uh, coach,
0: Marine. Yeah, you know, yeah. A giant guy. Muscled up. But he's uh we were cooking over there. And this was before we were we were still amateur team, pro. Oh, yeah. And they This had, is when it
1: was all about yeah, the party.
0: Yeah. And so they, they had ribs and pork. We said, we got that handled. There was chicken and they had brisket. And Bob was like, I can cook a brisket. He said, he was born in Texas. He can cook a brisket. I was like, all right. So he marinated it. He had to marinate. And this wasn't like a sanction deal at all. This was a backyard contest. Yeah. It was called Esperanza Bonanza, but it was a no sanction, just a local deal. And so he got some brisket marinade, and he marinated this brisket oh, he- for like four days. and.
1: I don't know on where this. he got
0: the brisket. He worked on this brisket, like worked on it. We're we like, man, he had a plan. He's got brisket. We ain't got to worry about that. He's got it. <laughs> and so, as the day goes on or Friday goes on, we get the brisket on. He gets it seasoned. I don't even remember what he seasoned. I didn't pay any attention. He had it on a pit. We had a little cabinet smoker, and we had, you know, we just having our good old time and all this. And somewhere along the night, I guess it was time to wrap that brisket. And I thought all he'd been talking about is brisket. His, him and his wife got, got sideways well, or something.
1: Bob started drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's where probably a big part of the problem went. And he was, but he ended up. So I guess he wrapped the brisket, and he was in the process of wrapping. The, I don't remember. And, the, and somehow there a fight broke out, and the brisket got thrown at him or something.
1: No, his wife threw it at him. At
0: him and. All I know is we got there the next morning and Bob's laid out on this wood floor of a barbecue utility trailer we borrowed from somebody and the brisket is his pillow. <laughs> it's under his head. And we're like, oh. He's curled up he's with his curled it, up with his like brisket. No, nope, he might have had an apron on, you know, and it's like <laughs> look like a bib on him or something. <laughs> but he's laid on his utility trailer. Smoker's there, it's dead. And, you know, we come in to do ribs and I'm sure we were hurting too, but I was not there for any of that. And, and so we wake him up and I think he leaves. Like he's got I gotta go home. And so what are we gonna do? So we put some fire back in the pit and we put that brisket back on it and we ended up cooking it. I don't know how long we cooked it. We didn't have thermometers back then, we didn't check. We took that brisket off and Bob came back about turn in time. I guess he went home, freshened up, took a nap or whatever, and sliced that brisket and we turned in all our stuff and that day I was like, we just knew there's no way, you know, this brisket It's been out, it had been a pillow, it had been thrown, it had been cold, it had been back on the pit. The whole work done, yeah, we ended up with like second place out of 50 teams. So how bad? The, the moral of that story is how bad. Or those other briskets that this brisket, <laughs> I wouldn't even try it. I was like, heck no. I don't know what happened to this thing, but we'll give it to a judge, you know. That happens more than you would <laughs> yeah. think. And so that's how Bob became the brisket <laughs> Second place briskets, all I know. And that trophy, I don't know if it's, I guarantee you Wayland still got it. It was like oh, yeah. a super nice trophy, too. It was like one of the bigger, we toted that around with us for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Back when people used to take <laughs> trophies around and just build displays, show them off, that's Bob's brisket trophy. Funny thing about that night, I got a, that was back. I don't even think we had those little disposable cameras that, you know, you opened up
1: yeah, and you yeah. had to
0: take all this the pictures and take them to Walgreens. Yeah. yeah. This was way before cell phone cameras. There was one where they had the Clydesdale horses there and somebody had gotten or brought some homemade blackberry brandy and they were over there and there was pictures of them. Like they'd done broke into this Clydesdale that. horses encampment and they was giving these Clydesdales blackberry brandy and taking pictures of it. It was like <laughs> Bob and Andy and I don't know, a couple of them. I was like, These guys were wild. <laughs> but not I was back with you to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh I was not doing that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna start a Malcolm Sides chicks channel? That's pretty funny.
0: I need to do that. My Sides Chicks, man, There, we do have some shirts that are coming.
1: Um have you ever used a gravity fed smoker and what's your opinion of it?
0: I have not. That's one that um they're okay. I mean I have learned from listening to friends that cook on them, mm-hmm. and that they all cook in pans because there's something about the way you get all that meat dripping down there, and it can give you some some weird flavors, yeah, I've
1: heard to that say the thing. least.
0: But uh, I've seen people cook with them; but they work good. I mean, there's uh, you know, my buddy Heath cooks on them all the time. He's a he cooks his competition yeah. stuff on them. Yeah, loves them. Um, <laughs> but he cooks in pans though; he don't let any of it sit directly on the rack.
1: How often do you clean your grill grates?
0: My grill grates? Yeah. I put them through the auto-clean cycle after every cook. I would let the heat roll on them and let them get hot. If you turn them upside down, it really does good, but I let them get – the whole trick to those grill grates is get you a little cooking spray and get them warm on the grill. This and is before you cook or after you cook? I do it both. Okay. I, the first thing I do is when I spark my fire and I'll get my you know coal bed where I want it, I put my grate on, I put my grill grates on, I get them hot. And then I'll hit them with a little cooking spray and let them warm up a little bit. And I'll take my grill brush that comes usually comes with them when you buy them, or they sell them. And I don't know which one it is. It's like the little V channel one. I'll hit them with that. I might, you know, spray them with a little more oil. Then I'm ready to cook. And as soon as I get through cooking, I'll get my wood paddle and I'll scrape everything off and open that grill up to where it gets good and hot. Let them kind of self clean. That's what I look at it. Mm-hmm. And scrape it off and nothing sticks to them. So
1: that's why you call them self clean. Yeah.
0: Stuff. Now they will get messy and you have to really clean them every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. But all I do for that. It's hit them with some grill, like some grill cleaner. The the it's like you know everybody's seen it. It's like a citrus based degreaser, all natural, yeah. all natural degreaser. Spray them down with that. Put them in a pan. Let them sit for a little while. Spray them off. Get them hot. reseason them. I kind of treat it almost like it's cast iron in a way, you know. Yeah. By by not really washing and detergent and scrubbing on them. I mean, oh, that's pointless.
1: Um, grill grace does have a little tool that comes that you can buy. I don't think it comes with it, it but it's the little curly one. That'll allow you to get down into the channels.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. It's like a little V-shape. It goes in between the yeah, grooves. Yeah. They've got another little scraper tool that's good to go in there. Yeah. But i found just a wood paddle or a ball of aluminum foil does really good.
1: One more. Which smoker has taught you the most?
0: Man. I thought that was a pretty good question. That is a good question. I would probably say cooking on a Weber kettle, you learn more. Because you have to learn how the airflow, learn how to build your fire. You can use it, you know, two zone cooking, and learn how to smoke on it. That that one cooker, and you can take that and do just about anything. Yeah. So if you want to learn how to barbecue and how to smoke, that's a great great grill, and that's why they sell so many of them. You know, that's, I mean, I I probably cook more on my old hickories just because we use them in comps and I did a ton of comp cooking back in the day. And yeah,
1: and we use know, uh use them for catering, you use them and, for
0: catering, use them at home. Um, I've, you know, learn no smoker. You know, I had to learn that smoker and how to cook on it, and make stuff good. And all of all cookers are like that. You've got to learn on them. But, but going back to the basics, just as you think about it, a Weber kettle. If you can jump out there and you can learn to cook ribs on it, you can learn to cook, but learn to cook brisket, grill anything you want, cook chicken, all that wings. I mean, it's just think of all the things you can learn to cook on a Weber kettle, and then you can apply it to any other cooker you want. Yeah. So. And it's not expensive. You can get one. for yeah. one hundred fifty bucks.
1: You can get a cooker that'll make your life easier, but you don't necessarily learn learn anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. I don't know. I think you learn something on all of them. Even the most expensive cooker I got, I got to learn how to cook on it. Yeah, just, I mean, there's just there's a learning curve. Hot spots, or- commercial old hickory LEDX that hold up. You know, ninety six pork butts at a time. But you got to learn how to cook on it. You know, that's just how it is.
1: So I have.
0: How many more pages we got? We got more for next week?
1: Oh, yeah. I think
0: this is a really good segment. I'll bring Mark in sometime and get him yes. to talk about some of these and get some different takes on them. Yeah. Because talking about this stuff, oh. it brings up other ideas and, and, and hopefully it gets people thinking. Definitely. Like, oh, yeah, we've experienced this. Or maybe they'll write in and say, well, you know, think about doing it like this. So that's how I learned, too. So
1: Hey, you've learned doing everything, including pod- podcasts.
0: That's right. You've oh, I'm learned how to get this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Better at it. Um, one more question
0: Alright one more today
1: Mr. Jay Durbin Jay wrote this one? I don't know who I
0: don't he is, know who he is either. <laughs> Jay Durbin doesn't, um, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're on death row And the warden is a fan And wants to give you a little extra for your last meal So he'll allow you one grill <laughs> One protein One side one dessert one drink, one album, and one person. Dang. To share it with. One grill. Uh, or do you need to talk about the protein first?
0: Well, I probably want a Weber kettle. Okay. I mean, I don't know. If I can I get my jo- can I get a big hog cooker in there and I can cook a whole hog? Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm cooking a whole <laughs> hog. It's gonna give me some more time. To make me nah. some weapons to break up out of because I ain't going down to the fight. <laughs> I ain't strapping me to nothing and checking me. I'm going to ask for a steak knife and take my chances. <laughs> get me a hostage. Get me somebody to fight with me. We're going back to back out of that joint. That's how it's was going to hell. All <laughs> ain't right. going to be in there. Let me
1: rephrase this. All right.
0: I like to think about the end like that. What have I done to get in there? <laughs> You're ruining this question.
1: I'm okay. sorry. Um, what's your last meal type What's your last meal protein?
0: Man, it's tough between. Them.
1: Okay. Let's not think of it as the last meal. Let's think, you're getting.
0: I'm going just a big old steak. Okay. Good old medium rare. I'm going standard. I'm not anything different. Give me a steak, Rib eye. a baked potato, a good salad, some bread with some Dessert. butter. Oh, man. I'm probably going to get my, one of my mama's desserts. I don't know which one it'd be.
1: Yum yum pie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yum yum cake. That's what I always tell her. My favorite.
1: Or ding dong cake, or yeah, whatever. something like that.
0: Yeah. And uh, drink. Probably gonna get me a bourbon on ice. Mm-hmm. What brand? I'm not gonna be picky. I'll, I'll take Woodford. Album. That's tough. It depends on what mood I'm in. <laughs>
1: yeah, that one is tough. Yeah. A whole album.
0: It'd probably be some, uh, my Jamaican mix.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, some island music.
1: <laughs> little Maybe Bob some Marley. Buffett or Bob Marley yeah.
0: or something like that. That's going to get me I was gonna guess, thinking uh, of a better place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was going to get, uh, I was going to guess Allman Brothers.
0: Uh, that'd be a good one, too. Yeah. One person. I'm pick you. <laughs> You got to, right? Yeah, yeah. You'll go, you go right out here. swinging with me. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, Joker. <laughs>
1: I'm sitting right here looking at you. Yeah, you better say that. Yeah. Sorry no pressure That's right. Yeah, you think
0: I'm begging, like John Wick or something like that, a character? I'd
1: like to pick John Wick yeah.
0: for me. I'm not picking anybody else. Um, I know you got my back. <laughs> That's sorry. What else we got today, Shell? We're going to hold some more questions. That was a good one, Jay. Whoever that you are. That was a good
1: one. <laughs> Whoever you are. I heard, I did hear about this guy uh, named Jay Durbin. Uh, living that, in Tennessee. He's got a YouTube channel. Yeah, Tennessee he does Mojo. some good barbecue out there. Yeah. I've heard he might that. be the second year in a row reigning
0: rib champ <laughs> in the world. Champion.
1: I wonder if that's the same guy.
0: It might be. I think his name, his <laughs> initials are JD.
1: You know, Jay does, he won with May in 2019. But then they canceled Memphis in May for twenty twenty, so, so he's got two years going. That's right;
0: it's two years in a row. I hope we get to have that contest next year.
1: So that's it.
0: Yeah, that's uh.
1: What we got going up?
0: We're gonna get this retail store open, so y'all bear with us, and we'll be back doing a podcast. I hope next week. Yeah. Unless they're lined up down, we've just got numbers to get in. We've all got our COVID mask on and all this good stuff.
1: So we're opening Thursday.
0: We're opening soft opening Thursday. There's no gonna be grand opening till next barbecue. Yeah, yeah. We'll work through some kinks and hopefully have some cool stuff here. And I'm gonna be. I might try to film a video next week. We'll see. No, no, no. It'll be the next week. I'll film. A yeah, video. I We're might gonna shoot it back. next week if we get some time. And yeah, yeah. Great. So we'll see.
1: We're not releasing a video until the twelfth. Okay. Um, that'll be our ish turkey, our first turkey
0: video. First We're going to
1: do a bunch of holiday recipes. Oh, I got a new up. turkey
0: brine. I just got it in today. Yeah. I got my recipe over to Townsend. They got it all uh, fixed up for me and samples back. And you did the labels and the bottle looks beautiful. And now I'm ready to soak some birds. So
1: we're ready to go so, with that. Yeah. yeah. That so came showed up just in time. That's right.
0: So I'm excited. That's probably going to be, I'm just going to do a traditional smoked turkey. No frills. Mm-hmm.
1: On I'm the Weber? Smoked. Maybe. That's what's on the list. Is it on the list? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the list, it's on the list.
0: <laughs> but that's it. And, uh, uh, oh, i got a hog cook coming up.
1: Yeah. Not 13th. this
0: week, but next week. I'm excited about that.
1: That'll be the 13th, 14th. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did I have a package come in yesterday? Yes. Okay. Good. So I didn't see it.
1: I already know what you're asking yeah. about. All yep. right. It All showed right. up. Good. It actually showed up the day before. Really? It was just so much going on. We didn't notice it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're opening the retail store, soft opening, Thursday the fifth. That's correct. <laughs> and I'm informing other people. Are you telling not. me? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: That's good. Um, so y'all come see us in Hernando, Thursday yeah. through Sunday, I think something like that. Yeah,
1: Thursday through Sunday. That's what we're going to start. We're going to figure it out. Monday,
0: Tuesday, Wednesday by appointment.
1: We've never done this before. We we're learning. That's why we're not doing a big grand opening until we get all our kinks worked out and everything. You know, see figured if out. More people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Shell, where can they find us?
1: If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram.
0: And I'm also at 496 Whitfield Drive, Fernando, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening and bearing with our craziness today. And we will see have a happy Halloween. Go vote. I don't care who you're voting for. Go vote Tuesday.
1: And um, and if you have any other questions that we didn't cover, I'd like to. And
0: we're going to get to some more of those too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got a whole stack. A lot of them are really great questions too. Oh. So um, send them our way.
0: We'll see y'all we'll next ask time.
1: Him. I'll ask Malcolm.
0: Have a good one.